Hello and welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast, the show that empowers you to wake up to your full potential and achieve your biggest goals and dreams. I am your host, Hal Elrod, and I invite you to join us each week as we share actionable strategies to take your life to the next level, as well as interview world-class experts and entrepreneurs who have achieved extraordinary goals themselves, and we ask them to give you a peek behind the curtain and teach you exactly what you need to do to do the same. Ready? Here we go. Welcome to the Achieve Your Goals podcast. This is your host, Hal Elrod, and I am grateful that you are here today with me listening to this episode. Today's a good one. This is a conversation I had with Autumn Stryer, and Autumn is someone that I met just a few months ago. She's the founder and the CEO of Miracles for Kids, and Miracles for Kids is a nonprofit that helps families with children who are battling life-threatening illnesses, and they help them by providing financial assistance and also housing at what they call the Miracle Manor. You'll hear more about that today so they can focus on their children. And as somebody who was spent a lot of time in the hospital, both for my car accident and then cancer, this is something I've seen many, many families who are struggling to just to keep their head above water, just to provide for their family, to pay medical bills. And not only that, but to be there for their children while their children are, you know, whether it's fighting cancer or some other life-threatening illness, and the family needs to figure out how to make money. So often the kids are left alone all day long, and their mom and dad are gone at work trying to make ends meet. And as a parent myself, I just can't imagine the stress of watching your child fight for their life while you're trying to fight for your financial survival. And so Miracles for Kids provides that assistance for people so that the parents can focus on their children and helping them emotionally and helping them heal. And uh, Autumn is the chief architect of all programs and services offered by the organization, as well as its lead fundraiser for more than 15 years now. This is actually my second conversation with her. First one wasn't on record, but she is an inspiration. She's a light. I'm excited for you to hear this. And before we dive into the the conversation, I just want to take a second to thank our sponsor, Organifi. Organifi, O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I. Organifi makes some of my favorite nutritional supplements, whole food supplements, not synthetic vitamins, but real vitamins that come from whole foods. And every morning I have their protein powder in my smoothie. Lately, I've been taking their immunity product, which is the powder with all the natural vitamin C and zinc and magnesium and all the vitamins and minerals that you need to boost your immune system. And most recently, I've added their balance, which is a probiotic that I put in my smoothie as well every morning. So if you want to boost your health, your energy, your mental clarity, all that good stuff, check out Organifi.com forward slash Hal. That is O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I, Organifi.com forward slash how and check out they've got a lot of great products and if you decide to get something you see something there that you like then use the code how h-a-l at checkout and you'll get 15 percent off your entire order so i hope to find something there that you love i really do so that's it without further ado my conversation with my new friend founder of miracles for kids autumn stryer Autumn, it is great to be with you again. It's nice to see you. Great to be here. Yeah, absolutely. 
So you and I spoke, uh, it's been less than a week, and uh, I got to hear your story, and I was so inspired. I want you to share that story on the podcast. And the, the context for, for our conversation today, you know, I discovered Miracles for Kids a few months back and uh, started supporting the, the charity finance. I really believe in the work that you guys and gals are doing. But the way that I, you know, I was so inspired by your story, and I thought, gosh, most of us or many of us we want to make a difference in the world. We see tragedy, we see hardship, and we want to make a difference. Uh, a lot of people have great ideas, but most of us never get those grand ideas off the ground. However, you did. You are actually living a vision that you created so long ago, helping families in need. And so what I wanted to ask you to start us out today is, how did you become the person that you did that created Miracles for Kids. Where did the idea come from? Where did your inspiration, your resolve, how did you become that person? Gosh, that's a huge question. But, you know, I thank you for it. I have met people who would, you know, love to do something similar. And I certainly uh, say, hey, go right for it. It wasn't something that I necessarily thought of as a child. I just was on the receiving side of charity and on the giving side. But I, I, you know, I grew up in an area where, you know, nothing was handed to you, right? You know, I've been working since I was 10 and I had some things going on with family and I bounced around a little bit and I was in a position to benefit from the kindness of others. And not because I asked for it, but simply because there are generous and kind people in the world who, you know, who saw a 10, 11, 12, 15 year old uh, really struggling. And this world is very difficult, right? It's, it's difficult to survive. And when you're little, you don't necessarily know what to do. And I think I learned very young that it is the generosity and the kindness of others that helps keep you on track. And then from there, it's up to you to build the life you want. So, you know, I went after it uh, pretty early and then I went to school for it. You know, I got a full ride, uh, applied for everything that you could for financial aid and uh, was blessed enough to get into UC Santa Barbara where I love political science. So I studied that and I worked full time for nonprofits the entire time and, you know, really delved more into how things work and found out that I have an affinity for it, not just uh, building missions and helping others, which is what fills my soul, but I love to build things. I love to build programs and I love for those programs to affect real change. And so that's really how it all got started. Wow. So you were the you were on the receiving side of charity growing up and and created that paradigm that the generosity of others really makes a difference in it made a difference in your life very um, much so very much so so that gives some great context around or some great background i'd love to know where specifically now now that we have kind of an idea of okay who is autumn where specifically did you get the idea or the inspiration for Miracles for Kids, that exact charity and what you are doing today? So I'll jump back into my childhood a little bit. And this okay. is uh, actually sort of a, a fun story. You know, the not so fun part is that I have been working since I was 10. I am a uh, only child of a single mother who battled depression and, you know, some other very serious things like addiction when she was very, mm. very young. So I bounced around a lot. And I lived with my grandparents for a certain amount of time and I needed to earn money. And I had a seventh grade English teacher who was pregnant, thought it was the coolest thing in the world. And I figured she would need a babysitter. Hmm. And I promise this will make sense in a couple minutes. <laughs> um, 
she needed a babysitter and uh, I became this sort of surrogate family member to this wonderful couple, both who worked in the education system. And I became their sort of take along babysitter, their housekeeper, their whatever. And right now, you know, I would consider the two boys that she ended up having little brothers of mine were still very close, Hmm. but I would travel with them. And the point of me saying that is because her name was Martha or Marty and Marty had a younger brother and his name is Curtis and Curtis was in the mortgage industry. And so you fast forward years of being on family trips where I knew Curtis and took care of Curtis's nephews, go to college, go to graduate school, move back east, do a bunch of stuff. And then all of a sudden it's time to move to Orange County from New York, where I had been for 10 years. And that's where the start of miracles begins, because it was when I moved back here, uh, having you know finished graduate work in public service, having served for the city of New York, and then I was at the National Multiple Sclerosis Society doing their lobbying down in D.C. I was bringing that job back here to to California, and Curtis had a very successful mortgage company, and they had an employee contribution program. When I moved here, Curtis said, hey, we're doing so well, and I have no time, but we have this employee contribution fund, and it's fun for our employees. Uh, Why don't you take the tax ID letter and make a nonprofit out of it? So I said, no, <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I said, absolutely not. I already have a job. I have a traveling husband. I already have a two-year-old. And by the way, I was pregnant nine months with number two. Oh, wow. Uh, and then I went home and I thought about it. And I thought, my gosh, I could raise a family. I could build a nonprofit knowing what I know about the importance of charity. And I could do it with uh, a little bit of the red tape out of the way, right? There's already a tax ID number. So Mm. for someone like me who loves Excel spreadsheets and business and all of that, sort of seemed like a win-win. So I did it. And, you know, that's how it started. Wow. Wow. You know, it's what I love about that story is it's like any one of our stories, like you can never predict what's going to happen, right? You could have never predicted that that opportunity would present itself. But I think that often we, or for most of us, it's it's when an opportunity presents itself, are you proactive? Do you take action? Or do you think, nah, I've never done that before, which I think too many of us do. You know, we doubt ourselves. And um, we don't they, believe, right? Yeah. We don't believe in ourselves. You don't believe in the miracles, the impossible, right? And I've always, and I don't know where I got it from, but, and I'm trying to instill it into my three teenagers that I have. Yeah. Uh, but, the, you know, the idea that, hey, so what? That mountain is massive and you have no idea how to get there, but you put one foot in front of the other anyway. And, and Curtis is, uh, he's still family. He's still on the board. He's a co-founder. He's a board member. He's a volunteer. I mean, you know, it takes, it takes more than just that desire it takes infecting everybody with your excitement about it too and then getting them along for the ride that helps yeah yeah what year did you start miracles for kids so let's see he asked me on my birthday of 2004 so that's december 4th gosh and number two was born january 18th so the following month Um, and then here's the interesting part to that story so when Charlotte was born, we didn't know if she was going to uh, be stillborn or not. She had stopped mm-hmm. growing in utero at 32 weeks. It was very scary. And when she was born, after five days, she stopped breathing. And I ended up at Chalk Children's Hospital, which is a leading children's hospital here in Southern California. And there was in the room next to me, a family with a, a young boy battling leukemia. 
And it was right then and there that the mission sort of came to me, right? I I had a job, my husband had a job, uh, and I was listening to families who were trying to figure out what to do, you know, when you are struggling financially because you're trying to survive with your your child's illness. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's how it sort of started. And that, for me, that's, you know, personally, having been in the hospital, I've lived in two different hospitals at two different times, one when I was 20 and with a car accident, one when I was 37 with cancer. And I just, I remember, you know, I was very blessed at both times to have financial support. And I just remember, especially in the recent one with cancer, thinking, meeting other families and just thinking in general, gosh, if, you know, if I didn't have my income set up in a way that would pay our bills, I'm, I'm fighting for my life. I can't imagine the amount of stress I would have if I was fighting for my life and I didn't know how to pay the mortgage and my family was going to lose their home. And that's what resonated so much having been in kind of on that side of it and meeting families that were struggling financially and that the, the you know, I, I saw a lot of kids in the hospital and their parents were not with them except in the evenings and on the weekends because they were both working the job, you know, and and so when I discovered Miracles for Kids I and what you do, yeah, it, it spoke to me. It, it inspired me. In fact, in your words, what is the mission of Miracles for Kids? What are you most proud of? What is the work that you do? And, and what do you feel the best about that? Yeah, you know, it's a very basic mission, right? So Miracles for Kids provides support to low-income families with critically ill children mm. so that they can stay focused on a stable family and caring for their critically ill child. So you know, our programs focus on preventing hunger, homelessness, bankruptcy, and depression. So those are very, very core areas that we work on. Of course, we throw in some fun uh, trips if we can do it, special moments for for patients who might love a certain sports team or, or other areas. But honestly, for us, it's can we keep you housed, food on the table, gas in the car to get to the hospital? Can we do that for you? so that you can be there for your child. That's what we focus on. So important. If anybody is listening and they you know, go, gosh, I'd love to start a nonprofit. I'd love to help people. Do you have any advice for someone? I, whether, and maybe the advice is don't start a nonprofit, go join one or, you know, I, I don't know. But I'm just wondering if anybody's listening and they're like, yeah, I want, I want to be like Autumn when I grow up, right? Like, I, wa- I want to help people. I want to start a charity. I want to do something along those lines. What would your advice be? You know, well, I guess it's a couple of things. So I believe that businesses are built to compete, but charities are built to contribute. So if I were in a community where I had a specific love or passion for something, whether it be the the oak tree, the spotted owl, the elderly puppies, you know, I would I would check around to make sure that it wasn't a service that was already replicated. And I think that's very important because a donor va- a donor base is finite, right? And you want to be successful. It's like a product and competitive product in a nonprofit world is crazy, but you know, you want to collaborate, not replicate. So that would be the first thing that I would, I would refer to. And, um, you know, and I did that myself too. Uh, and then I would just make sure that you, you really knew what you were trying to focus on for your outcomes. You know, for us, it's family stability all day long. And in the middle of a pandemic, we launched therapy programs because the word stability changed, right? So being dynamic, not being static, being able to move and shake, pivot, turn, you know, whatever all these words are that we're using now, uh, really fluctuating and and making sure that you can be nimble when, you know, the world calls for for you to do that. I mean, those two things will get you there, at least get you started. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I love what you said there. Uh, businesses are built to compete. Charities are built to contribute. I love that. And I think that if actually more businesses took that, the contribution mindset and approach, right? I think, right. <laughs> I think we, yeah, I think our, they, they would do better. And I think it would be, we'd, we'd have a different, you know, a different society. Do you have a, a favorite, I'm curious, just a favorite story or anyone that stands out of a, of a Miracles for Kids recipient? Gosh, so there's a lot of them. Um, sure, I can sure. I can tell you about one that uh, we were blessed enough to have on on the local news here yesterday. Oh, wow. um, so it's Heart Health Month. In case you you didn't know that, um, which of course if you're not in my world, every month has a title and you know something we can focus on. But um, this is Heart Health Month, being February Valentine's Day, and um, here at Miracles we have a housing complex. Uh, it's located a half mile from our local children's hospital, and uh, it's called Miracle Manor. And Miracle Manor is this incredibly special place. It's an enclosed 12-unit uh, sanctuary, really, where families who are in extreme crisis move in for up to two years, and we focus on their stability. We help them through homelessness, with bankruptcy, uh, getting through difficult times. And uh, we just had a new family move in single mom, and the little girl's name is Janae, which is a gorgeous name. And it just so happens that her middle name, you won't believe this, but it's true, I checked. The middle name is Miracle. Janae Miracle is this little girl's name. Oh, wow. I know. And she is what we call a heart baby. Uh, she has congenital heart failure, and she's had three surgeries, two more, and she's just now turned two. Oh, and God. so uh, the story of this little girl's energy her happiness. She runs around Miracle Manor all day long. Her mom's chasing her. Huh. Uh, it's just this incredible story. And they were, they were homeless. And um, unfortunately, Janae's dad was, was murdered. And it's not a word I like to use lightly, mm. but was caught up in a, I think he was at a, maybe a convenience store when there was a robbery. It was in Nevada. And so, yeah, you've got this mom, right? Trying to make things work with, she's lost her love and she's alone with a baby who in utero was diagnosed with uh, with a heart failure. And so the first two years of her life have been so tough. And, you know, if I can think of a story, it's the story of what Miracle Manor and Miracles for Kids can do for a family like that to bridge them to stability. So she's She's going to be with us for a couple of years. And in the meantime, we're going to keep our eye on her. We're going to mm. put food on their table and keep gas in the car and uh, keep them in a safe apartment and talk to them every week. And, you know, that's what we do. We walk alongside all of our families. So uh, this is one of those stories. And I just, you know, we just saw her on, on it's KTLA, Good Day LA out here. And it's this fun story of her energy and mom's positivity. And it's just great. We just love it. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. I'm curious, how does Miracles for Kids find that recipient or how did that fan, how did they find you? Right. So we're referral only, actually. So we serve several hospitals out here on the West Coast. So even though we're based in Southern California, uh, we serve families all the way up through the Bay Area. So our social workers are the ones who refer families. We've gotten to know them. Uh, CHLA, Mattel Children's cover our LA families, Benioff Children's Hospital and Hospice by the Bay up in the Bay Area take care of a lot of our Sonoma County-based families, and then Chalk Children's, which is here in Orange County. And it serves families as far out as Nevada, Arizona. And it's the social workers that first meet these families and they get to know them. And if they have a financial need or have been severely impacted, then uh, they suggest that they fill out an application to Miracles for Kids. We have a full casework team here who receives applications every day. 
And from that point, then uh, that family's referral becomes part of ours. And we take them through the process and determine eligibility. And if they are eligible and we've got enough funding, of course, we always have a wait list. Yeah. We can get these families in and start taking care of them. Got it. Got it. You said you founded this 2004, 2005. So it's been 15 years, give or take. Yeah. 16, 17, I think. What are we in? 21. It's all, I think the last year is yeah, a, yeah. a bit of a blur. Last year doesn't count. Yeah. Last year uh, doesn't count. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's 16, 17 years, I guess. A lot of growth. It started, you know, on my couch on a laptop with a toddler and a newborn, right? And here yeah. we are, and we've got a we've got wonderful staff. We've got wonderful volunteers. It's been a fabulous adventure. Now, do you have another job, or is this you, what you do full time? Oh no, this is full time, twenty four seven, around the clock. Yeah. Um, I don't know that we we call parenting a job, but um, <laughs> yeah, the only that, other that. thing that I'm dedicated to in my life is is my family, my my husband, my three children, uh, four dogs, a hamster. I mean, there's <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on there. So, so miracles for kids, and then miracles for your kids. We're pretty much it's yes, hopefully between, yeah, <laughs> those two. So, what is your vision for the future of miracles for kids? I think first and foremost, we need to meet the need right now in this changing global climate, right? You've got an economic recession slash depression. You've got a pandemic that just seems to mutate and continue on. Half of our families live in LA County, and we serve over 300 families on any given day. And so you're talking about families that are extremely impacted right now. So, you know, my focus in the next year or two is going to be to try to raise enough money to meet the needs of rent, food, and other stability concerns. And, you know, we're going to continue to do that by getting awareness out and and talking, really trying to speak to our families on an ongoing basis, make sure that we're not uh, behind the curve on what they need, just really staying in the conversation on that and then building and changing programs the minute we find something that needs to be addressed. So, you know, I think if you had asked me a year and a half ago, it might have been a different answer, but you know, I've spent the last year rebuilding every single program I have, trying to make sure that, you know, we're digital where we need to be digital and we're borderless where we need to be borderless in our donor base. And and we're talking to the families. And, you know, then outside of that, we've got to deal with this wait list, right? I have families I can't help mm. because, you know, they're just, there's just fundraising need. So, you know, got to focus on that and really activate social media platforms better, you know, really just do whatever we can to, you know, to get as much support as possible. That leads to my next question, which is how can listeners support the charity? How can we support this efforts and get those people off the waiting list? Oh, thank you. So miraclesforkids.org forward slash donate for any uh, straight donations. But I also want to share with your listeners that we have several programs uh, throughout the year. Actually, they take place every month where we are shipping over 300 boxes of uh, PPE, gift cards, coloring books, journals, squeeze bowls, you know, things for school. It's called our kindness box program. So if anyone out there has the ability to collect items that could be given to families, anything, socks, earrings, sunscreen, you know, it doesn't, it just doesn't matter. Every month we, we pull all of our donations together and our volunteers assemble these 300 boxes. Uh, the next one coming up is the March lucky box. So we're assembling it in a couple of weeks and sending it out. So I guess the reason I'm bringing that up is because we don't always all have a dollar to give. But we might have an hour to give. We might have uh, an idea of, 
you know, a product to give or know someone who might have the ability to donate something. So I just want to bring that up that, you know, we love all support uh, of any kind. It's all meaningful and important. Well, I love that. And I'm just in my brain, I'm racking. I'm going, okay, what do I have? What can I contribute to that? <laughs> How many of those will go out? How many items for? 300 a month. 300 a month? Yep. So 300 that- every month. And then every quarter, we also do food delivery, hand sanitizer, PPE, and larger goods. And yeah. then, of course, toy drives and other things uh, for Thanksgiving and the, and the December holidays as well. And then back to school, back to schools in August, we'll do backpacks and lunch boxes and healthy snacks. Um, so really anything that anyone can think of, we would like to ship it to someone's home. And, and these photos that we share on our social, little mm-hmm. kids sitting on top of their boxes laughing as they get their gifts. I mean, it's just the best. And is it Miracles for Kids is where people could follow you on all the social channels? Yes, everywhere. We, we would love for anyone to, to follow us, to comment, to, to share, really. We'd be so grateful if someone would just share our mission and ways someone can get involved with us. We'd be super grateful for that. Okay. And then thank you for this. I'm just, I'm, I'm trying to get as much out of you as I can to, to support. We just committed to donate $1,000 a month from, to me, it's on behalf of the Miracle Morning. It's our community. Thank um, you. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, and so another question, logistics wise, the 300 families, what do you call the boxes? Oh, kindness boxes. Where can people go to find out where to send for that? Is that just, is there somewhere on your website? Our main address. Yep. Our Irvine address, which I can recite it if that's helpful, but it's at the base of our website as well. Okay. So if anyone has, and and would they need to have 300 in quantity of a single thing? Oh, so... What we do is we try to match and customize each box to the patient and sibling ages in the household. So we have teenagers, we have babies, we've got we've got everything you can imagine. We have grandparents. We try to take care of the entire family. So you can send me 15 of something and it'll get to 15 amazing people. Got it. That's very cool. Okay, so go to miracle for miraclesforkids.org. You send to your address. And then also is the 300 families, that's the same 300 families each month, right? So you wouldn't send the same thing each month to them? We have, yeah, 300 families on an ongoing basis. Um, We have new families every month that join our program. Sure, sure, Okay. Yeah, so we rotate and adjust. So yeah, at the very least, I'm just in my, I think that what would be the most helpful, especially since these are families that are braving critical illnesses, I'm going to send you 300 Miracle Morning DVDs so that you can send those out because that would, you know, they would see me, right, fighting for my life with cancer. And so hopefully that would be an inspiration. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just, this is becoming a logistical, you know, conversation. I'm like, okay, how can, how can we all support? You know what? And send them, send anything and everything uh, just to me. You can send it to me. You can send it uh, to just miracles. You can send it to the kindness box. You know, it's a, it's a small crew here, right? There's less than yeah. 20 of us and everybody knows about you. So we're, we're ready to go. Very cool. Well, Autumn, thank you for the work that you're doing. I really, really appreciate it. Oh, and Hal, I just want to say thank you for the donations you've given, for the opportunity for us to share our mission through those that, that listen to you and through your support network. And, and thank you for the books. That's going to be incredible. Or the DVDs that are about the book. I think that's going to be an extraordinary opportunity for our families to find a rainbow in a dark time. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm happy to. And, you know, and I, I thank you not just for the work that you're doing, but on the bigger picture, just thank you for leading by example for the rest of us. Thank you for for having a vision, having something on your heart to help other people. 
and then dedicating 15 years of your life, 16, 17 years of your life and just the beginning, right? Like, and you know, not to mention the years to come, but yeah, I just, I thank you for, I feel like if we all took what was on our heart and we all put as much effort into serving others, those in need, those less fortunate, our fellow brothers and sisters in the way that you have, I think the world would be a radically different place. So I'm, I'm so grateful for, for that, for you living your, uh, your truth and your vision. Oh, well, that's kind of you to say it's, it's an honor. Honestly, it's an honor and a privilege every day. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, goal achievers, members of the Miracle Morning community, friends, family. I love you guys and gals. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, I hope you were, are as inspired by Autumn as I am and the work that she's doing with Miracles for Kids. And I, uh, you know, I know we all, or many of us, we donate to different charities and, and causes. If you have an ability, if you have, you know, $5 or whatever it is, $10, $100, if you can support I encourage you to go to Miracles for Kids. And the one thing I want to say, I just, I maybe I don't need to say this, but I want to just say this to handle any potential objection is I've heard people say, oh, that's for people in Southern California, right? Like I don't live in Southern California. And to me, we're all one big human family, right? If your grandma lives out of state, you don't not help her because she lives out of state. You help her because she's a human being who you love, who is in need. And so to me, geography is completely irrelevant. And I just want to, invite that thought or consideration in case anyone listening is like, oh, this is Southern California. I live in, you know, Colorado or whatever. So yeah, help people local, help people, you know, anywhere in the world. So miraclesforkids.org, if you would make a donation, we just committed $1,000 a month. And then uh, also if you have any items, you know, for those of, we have a lot of authors that listen to the show, right? Send copies of your book to the address at miraclesforkids.org as well. Let's get into those kindness boxes and help some families with your work. So again, love everyone listening. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, thank you in advance for those of you that uh, have the means to uh, throw a little support toward miraclesforkids.org. I'm grateful for you. And I will talk to y'all next week. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. To learn more about the Achieve Your Goals podcast and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and exclusive content from Hal Elrod, visit halelrod.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode of the Achieve Your Goals podcast. 